0: You're listening to AmericasWebRadio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: On America's Web Radio this is your host Charles Cook. Uh, stay tuned in here to the most listened to uh, podcast on immigration law. David, in the, in the known universe, that was what the recent survey said, right? Uh, the known universe?
2: Well, we, we, had, we had drones checking it out. The drones
1: were checking it out, so we're pretty sure that uh, pretty sure. Uh, the, the spacecraft on arrival, did they have record, recordings of the podcast? I'm not really quite sure if it was on there or not, so. not.
2: Kidding about the drones, but not kidding, really. Did you say, which is a sad scenario, but uh, the use of the drones in the Oakland uh, Fire Disaster?
1: No, I did not. Yeah, I did the, not. The
2: fire department, they, and I'm not kidding. I'm yeah, right. that's like a terrible fire fire thing, fire you know. Using drones to, to find people. Yeah, well, because
1: they fire couldn't fire fire go fire. in. I know they couldn't go in because the walls were collapsing. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. Um, you know, it's uh, and so many youth uh, died in that terrible disaster. Uh, uh, so here we are, David. It is now uh, um, basically a month after the election. Uh, and so far, America is still standing. D- you haven't heard about the imminent collapse of the American society, have you?
2: And, you know, we've still got the same number of idiot actors and actresses that were going to leave.
1: Nobody ever leaves the country. Well, one guy left. That. One guy, Sol <laughs> Woyinka, he went back home or something like that. But, um, you no, know, people... You know, you could say stuff during campaigns, of course, people say stuff they don't really mean, including Donald Trump, apparently, uh, said a lot of stuff he didn't really mean and he's not going to do. So you say a lot of stuff in the campaigns. Uh, But saying that you would leave America if somebody gets elected, I don't really think that's a really good idea. Uh, Because the only way you can fight somebody uh, um, intellectually uh, who you don't agree with uh, if they get elected is to stay and do so. You know, and and I I don't give up. I mean, I'm always going to move forward.
2: Let me ask, how do you feel about the uh, electoral
1: college? You know, I know there's a lot of people right now that are upset that uh, that the majority do not elect the president of the United States. But here's the deal: Hillary knew that it's it didn't like oh oh my god I forgot about the electoral college. How did we forget about that, Mister Mook? You know, she and Podesta were already predicting. A landslide. Yeah. Well, they weren't. I mean, the media, of course, was predicting this. It's been a great landslides, as I did on the show, of course, because I believed what the media had to say, right? Shame on me for believing what the media had to say. Um, who, who knew that the polls were, were just, you know, skewed? Um, and really, there was only polls in a few states that were skewed. I mean, that's, that's the thing. And they were – I mean, that's – when they look at that and they go, okay, well, who could have predicted Michigan? Well, the reality is you had crappy polls. And that's part of the problem with polling is, yeah, you go back to – uh, 2012, and you say, well, 5:30, you got everything right, which they did. But there's uh, apparently there's a huge difference between polling in, in 2012 and polling in 2016. Huge difference. You know, part of that is how do you poll? Did you you got I'm sure you got called at your house um, uh, incessantly? You know, we don't answer our phone at our house anymore. We only have it for the security alarm. We don't li- literally never answer the phone. So the message box always says 99. You know, it's just like, I don't know who calls the house, but it's not, so we don't answer those calls, but I know people called for that, but if they're calling landlines only, okay, who are they calling? I, I got a call from the you. you did? You did? <laughs> Pulling for me? <laughs> not yet.
2: As a matter of fact, no, I'm serious. I, I got, and I hung up immediately, I, I hate polls. Yeah. I, I don't survey. So All right. I'm sorry, not polls, but surveys. And um, I was, ama- I mean, this was the day after.
1: Somebody's polling the day after? Well, you know, who do they poll? I mean, who has a home phone? I mean, you know, old people, basically. Sorry, David. Our old people, people have, old morning. people. You look at kids. I mean, I look at my all of my kids. Okay, my kids are all millennials. Every single one of them are millennials. Not a single one has a home phone. That's eight of them. Four kids, four, four daughter-in-laws uh, and son-in-law. None of them has a home phone. Wow. So... You know, you got a situation where you, can you poll the cell phones? Yeah, but it's a very much more random thing. You don't know who has them. You don't know who's going to talk on them. So polls, and then of course you rely on online polls. Well, those are useless. Online polls are really useless for the most part. Um, so you've got a situation where you know you can't even trust the polls anymore. You know what they're going to do. But going back to your question about the electoral college, Hillary knew about the electoral college, man. They, I mean, they were they they both campaigns plan their campaign on the Electoral College. Uh, I know there's a big thing, well, Hillary won by, you know, 3 million votes. Well, David, you know, basically all 3 million of those votes are in California. No, they showed that 2 million were in uh, New York, and uh, the other million was in California. Oh, I didn't know. The ones I saw in California is like almost 3 million, and New York was about a million. Um, So, you know, so the reality is, yes, two states... That you sure have enormous populations. I mean, that's the thing. They have a lot of population, but that's not how the process works. Now, do I think the electoral college should be subject to a constitutional review? I don't know. You know, that's uh, that's a good question. Uh, I I I we do not live in a democracy. Let's let's clear let's be clear. I know they don't. I mean, we don't not live We live We live in a constitutional republic, uh, and you uh, w- have to look back at the origins. Why do we have an electoral college? Uh, Electoral College was designed to protect small states, much like the House of Representatives. Um, and therefore, a vote in Wyoming much is... Like the Senate, not the House of Representatives. Well, the House gets proportional representation. Yeah. yeah, I understand. Yeah, so the two for two. But it's, it's kind of a combination of both. So a vote in Wyoming is worth far more, far more than a vote in California or New York. Okay? Um, in the Electoral College situation. But... It, but if you know that going into the race, then you need to run your race around that. And, the, you know, you know why Hillary lost? She didn't go to Wisconsin. Well, I mean, she ran a terrible campaign. I mean, I, I think the Trumps ran a terrible campaign, too. I mean, people would be, if Trump had lost, if Hillary had won those three states and instead of lost those three states, people would say, what a terrible campaign Trump ran. I mean, I, they both ran. It was the, probably the worst presidential election in your lifetime and my lifetime.
2: See, I, I would so. have agreed with you at, at a point. I think Trump knew what he was
1: facing going in, and he said, "How do I win this thing?" Why well, I-, I think one thing that Trump did that I thought was very interesting, and I don't know if anybody agrees with me on this, he didn't care whether he won. He had Trump went into this with literally nothing to lose once he got the nomination. I, I would someone agree with that. Uh, so, so you were you are much freer at that point. To basically do whatever you want. But his his wife, I, who I respect, I... she seems to be a very good mother yeah. and a very nice woman and who wants yeah. nothing to do with politics whatsoever. No, but
2: she, good she for said her. He wouldn't have run. He wouldn't run. This was before the yeah. to Yeah. If he wasn't out to win. Right. And uh, I, the more I, I see of Trump, the more I see, a, you know. He's a very clever guy. I uh, there's
1: that. no doubt he's a clever guy. Uh, I don't. I think he's a. I think he's very shallow in policy. But you know, the reality is, as president of the United States, you have to be deep in policy, or can you set the tone and let the policy wonks figure it out later? And I think that's what he's done. And he's surrounded himself with people that are deep in policy. I don't necessarily agree with all those policies. I think the anti-immigration people he has surrounded himself with are, are wildly dangerous to the future of America. Uh, and I don't have any problem saying that, regardless of my future political leanings. I mean, I think they're wildly dangerous to listen to people that uh, literally want to shut down legal immigration to America. Um, and, uh, I don't think there's anybody who wants to shut oh, down no, legal. No, no, legal. David, we ran over his platform. It, he wants to stop legal immigration to America. That's the people that have surrounded him right now. Uh, now, I don't know if that will ultimately happen. I don't think it will, because ultimately Congress just decides what immigration really is. But, you know, that we went over in detail all of, his, all of Trump's plans on immigration, the 10-point plan. He can do virtually all of those as president. He does not need Congress's help to do a lot of that stuff. I mean, he can slow legal immigration down to a crawl. He can change policies, um, and that's uh, that make it Im- legal immigration virtually impossible to America. You know, the one oddly enough, the one thing that he cannot do on his own, David, is deport two million people overnight, because yes, he, he requires money to do that, and Congress is not about to allocate five times the budget they've given to ICE to do so at this point. Plus, ICE is not fully capable of deporting that many people in a single year. Um, so looking at this whole fight, looking at this whole issue uh, of, of the election uh, as it pertains to immigration, Trump has literally not mentioned, really mentioned immigration since he got elected. It just really hasn't come up. I've said in one interview where he said, well, we're going to deport two, no, three million people, as if it is a million people extra in a bag. He oh, I forgot the bag in the corner. There's a million people in that bag. Um and then we're going to focus on you know the good people that are still here. Uh we know uh from a number of solid studies uh that uh, using a pretty 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 liberal interpretation of criminals um that there's probably about 800,000 undocumented immigrants in America that are quote criminals. Uh a lot of those are going to be people that have Driving offenses, or things like a DUI, or things like a, a minor, petty offense, kind of thing uh, that you would not normally consider a, a a crime. And many of those are very old, by the way. These aren't people who went out and committed a crime today. I mean, those people that are sitting around that had a DUI 17 years ago. We had a guy that ICE right now, and it's by the way, that's no different, no different than what Obama's been doing for the last eight years, particularly the last two. Um, where literally they have been going around and, and, and calling through the uh, criminal uh, arrest and, and conviction records in the various counties here in Georgia looking for foreign names and then pulling up those names, which typically have birthdays, putting them in their database, seeing, okay, this guy is this guy's not a citizen, let's go pick him up. And they've been you know, routinely showing up at 6 in the morning, picking up one guy last week, had a 17-year-old DUI. Now, you know, he's been here for 25 years. He's got, you know, four U.S. citizen kids. Uh, he and his wife are undocumented. And, you know, we were able to get him out of immigration custody, even though they argued he's a danger to the community. So where were you 17 years ago when arguably he was a danger to the community? Not 17 years later after he's been through AA where he's a he's an assistant pastor in his church where he works, uh, works with uh, at-risk youth. I mean... You know, he, 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 there's a, There has to be some common sense uh, through this process, and so other than that one kind of throwaway statement, nothing else has been done. He did interview uh, uh, the lead anti-immigration uh, uh, advocate in America, Chris Kobach, or Kobach, who is currently the the uh, uh, the Secretary of State for uh, for Kansas. Who apparently has nothing else better to do as Secretary of State? Because apparently, don't do anything as Secretary of State than to come up with ideas on on how to make life miserable for immigrants in America. And I, I loved how he carried the folder in, kind of partially covering his statement of principles, what he wanted to do if he was DHS Secretary. But there's no way. Uh, He's not going to make Kobach DHS secretary. That's just not going to happen. He's, he's wildly unqualified to be DHS secretary. He could be the ICE director, but that's kind of a step down from where he is as a secretary of state. He wants to be king one day. Uh, but that's not going to happen. I think America's got way too much common sense for that. And I, and I think that at least in some of the appointments that, uh, President-elect Trump has made, he has shown a modicum of, of, of resilience. Now, uh, and, and common sense. Now, I'm not a, Uh, I mean, people have complained about a lot of his picks. And honestly, the new HUD secretary, it should be interesting to see what you do when you have literally no experience in in urban development uh, to see how that works. But, you know, if Ben Carson wants to do it, do it. David, you know, there's a new television show. I don't know if you've seen uh, Designated Survivor.
2: As a matter of fact, yeah.
1: Yeah, so do you know what his job was, right?
2: Yeah, he was about to get fired, as a matter of fact. As what? Uh, was it Hunt? <laughs> Hunt was Hunt Secretary, exactly right.
1: So apparently Carson will be the designated survivor at the next State of the Union address. <laughs> but I just thought that was kind of funny, kind of interesting. All right. That's a good show, by the way. Because I mean, yeah. I, 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 Kiefer Sutherland's in it, and I think he does he does neurotic. is just as, because, as good as anybody else out there uh, as, as, as president. Uh, he, he must be really short, by the way, because everybody in that show just towers over him, including almost all the women. He must be like 5'6", or something. He must be Tom Cruise-esque in his his height.
2: No, Tom Cruise is only 5'2". No, he's 5'6". No.
1: He's not 5'2". David, you need to Google it. Before we go, people, we don't want to mislead you. I think Cruise is like 5'6". Not that there's much difference to David and I when you look at somebody that short, but that's okay. Um, We're going to come back in a second, David. I want to talk about sanctuary cities when we come back on the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Si usted ha casado con un ciudadano o tiene problemas con inmigración, o tiene una oferta de trabajo, llama a los abogados de Cook Immigration Partners. Somos un lado, con más de 100 años de experiencia en la ley de inmigración. Conocemos la ley y sabemos cómo ayudarle. Llámenos hoy a las 404-816861. A las 404-816861 o visítenos al ww.immigration.net.
2: This is Skip Coriol host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week for a full hour of all the best and latest information on how
0: you can get the skills and equipment you need to protect the ones that you love. Did you miss a show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on americaswebradio.com anytime you like.
1: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verify in your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national... Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866 286 6200. That's 866 286 6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: You're listening to America's the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Yeah. Hey, welcome back to America's Web Radio. David and I were just talking about. Um, Um, uh, Sanctuary Cities, because I'm going to New York tomorrow, David. Um, To meet with Cruz. Uh, uh,
2: Cruz. (laughs) That was a a Freudian slip right there. (laughs) Uh,
1: No, I will not be meeting with Donald Trump. He has not invited me to the Trump Tower. Well, listen, Uh,
2: if 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 he invites Al Gore, I mean, surely... Oh, my God, anybody's
1: obviously invited to the Trump Tower at that point. Uh, uh, I was talking to a good friend yesterday who met with him on Friday.
2: Uh,
1: And uh, he says, yeah, everybody's been calling him and say how can I get in to meet him? You know it, it's it, you know what it reminds me of right now uh, is uh, the Godfather yeah. the day of the daughter's yeah. wedding right
2: Yes. Yeah. you come to me the day of my daughter's wedding <laughs> how, how long does a person get
1: oh he was there a uh, um, half hour with him alone and then another 45 minutes with, uh, with along with Senator Perdue. so he was there you know he was there quite some time
2: I mean they're only 24 hours in the day. Apparently
1: Trump doesn't sleep a whole lot.
2: Evidently not. No,
1: well, you tweet in 3 a.m., He don't sleep a whole lot. And, um, and uh, you know, but the guy meets all day long. I mean, you know, think about it. It's what he does. It's what he's been doing his whole life is meeting with people and do this, do that. He makes decisions and done. And, uh, you know, one thing I do, I do like about Trump is that he makes decisions. Now, you might not like those decisions. You might think they're crazy decisions, but he makes them at least. You know one of the things that we got a lot with Obama is a lot of and and really uh, uh, with other presidents, president has had a hemming and hawing, and, you know I don't know and we'll look at this and so we'll look at that and um, you know you might not like the decision but at least I, I'm a decision guy you know make a decision and live by it and yes. live by the consequences well,
2: if, if a decision's made just like you said you can live by it but if it's a if it's a definite maybe. You don't know why Well, and, and, sure. that, and that, we've,
1: we've lived with so many definite maybes under the Obama I administration, mean, from an immigration perspective. I mean, we, we, we have waited for years for regulations. Literally one came out on the, I don't know, the 20th or 19th of November, so it could go into effect before he's inaugurated, on business immigration. That should have come out years ago. I mean, it's going to make a big difference in a lot of companies, a lot of employers, a lot of investors' lives. Where the hell was this regulation? They've known for years yeah, I, mean, de- I mean, you talk about maybe a decade that this should have been happening on the business immigration uh, uh, regulation process. You know, that, and that's the thing. is, you, you ha- If you have a leader who doesn't demand action, nothing's going to happen. Now, a lot of what Trump may do may upset a lot of people, uh, both conservatives and liberals. I mean, let's not kid ourselves. I mean, Trump's no more Republican than, than this table, all right? He's, he, is, he is probably our first independent president in many ways. Let's not kid ourselves. He might be surrounded by Republicans, but he himself is independent in many ways. Uh, and you may or may not like the regulations or the policies he comes into place with, but at least they're going to be made, and then you can figure out how to
2: how to get around them, how to use them, how to challenge them. Um, and but, uh, but hadn't that been Obama's strategy, sort of? If if there's nothing there, you can't beat on it. You can't. Well, you can't you fight know, it. If you know, the, the one thing
1: I will give Obama is. Um, You know, it was pretty much a scandal-free administration. No, no, really, David. I mean, you think about the crazy stuff—the Clinton administration. Nobody got arrested. Nobody went to jail. Nobody's charged with this or charged with that. I mean, every—I mean, even going back to Reagan and. I can't. I don't see now. See, I think
2: there are plenty of scandals.
1: What scandals? What scandals do you have?
2: How about the gun trading?
1: That started under Bush. No. Yes. Yes, Fast and Furious didn't start under Obama. It started under Bush.
2: How come uh, the uh, mayor of Chicago fled the scene? What? (laughs) Never mind. I, I would disagree with you. I'll put you a list of scandals together. I, I would love
1: to see who went to jail in the Obama administration. Uh, who well, was nobody. How it?
2: many went to jail in the uh, Clinton administration? Oh, there were several,
1: as well as there were under the Bush administration. Um, remember but Scooter? The
2: <laughs> head knocker and his wife should have gone to jail. Who's the head knocker? I, I, you got me. I don't. Billy I don't Clinton.
1: Listen. Oh, Billy. Well, you know, nobody arrests the president. Um, mm. But you didn't hear about him. He didn't cheat on his wife. He didn't, you know, so...
2: You well, know, so I'll you give it Obama. I mean,
1: you might not wife. like him, but at the end of the day, it was to me. To me, it was it was a mediocre presidency. I'm it was a presidency that could have been so much more, uh, but wasn't because and I think ultimately there wasn't real leadership from the president. There wasn't real leadership. Oh, he, everything that. that he did that was leader esque, he was forced to do. And again, from an immigration perspective, when you look at DACA, all right, so Congress refuses to act on immigration reform in his first four years. Why? Because he didn't push it. He intentionally abandoned immigration reform in 2009 and 2010 in favor of health care. He could have done both, in my opinion. I don't see a problem with doing both of those. And he did that because Rahm Emanuel, who will forever go down in infamy as the man who killed immigration, along with Obama, told him to. Forget about the Latinos. They'll come back to you later. So in 2012, instead of leading on immigration, instead of saying we're going to do this on immigration, here's my plan on immigration when I get reelected, he reacts to the Dreamer, the kids who are fighting for the right for them to stay in the only country they've ever known. Um, They do sit-ins in his office, and they literally shut down his campaign across the country in various cities, including here in Georgia. They did a three-day sit-in here in his campaign to shut down his campaign office in Georgia. Uh, He reacts with DACA. Uh, In 2013 and 2014, immigration reform comes up and dies. Um, And why? Because he didn't get actively involved in a productive way. He didn't call to task the Democrats who said all or nothing when we could have had big parts of this, including for the the kids. And that's, that's for me, that's the biggest part. You know, you can't punish these kids for some of their parents, the choices their parents have made that put them in an untenable situation. Um, so they all apply for DACA. Now we go, well, I'm going to create a DAPA program. Well, you know, what he should have done, and David, we've had a whole, we had shows on this, file the regulation. File it. Use the APA. If he'd used the APA, today we would have DAPA. We would. You know, you, a president you could overturn it, I mean, when and by regulation, but he didn't do that. He wanted to do it by policy, not by executive order. But he did it by policy. Now, arguably, he lost at the Fifth Circuit. We can we spent shows on this, uh, and then and, and and he won in the D.C. Circuit. Supreme Court didn't take the case because Scalia inconveniently died. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, you got a situation where Obama didn't lead. Uh, so here you've got Trump, who has set in this campaign on sanctuary cities. Um, that uh, if you don't uh, that, that if you harbor Now he hasn't said this directly People around him have said this uh, If as a city uh, You harbor undocumented immigrants I'm not going to use the words illegally I mean undocumented immigrants um, Then you're going to lose your funding Now he said in his campaign We're going to end sanctuary cities etc But here's the thing And it just goes back to that question I started with What do you mean by that When you use words like amnesty when you use words, words like open borders, when you use words like sanctuary city, what do you mean by that? Uh, I always, when I think of the word sanctuary, uh, I always think of MASH. <laughs> All right. Now, Dave, I don't know if you, how you've watched MASH when you were younger.
2: Uh, I watched it when I was older.
1: Yeah. It was a fantastic show. Uh, and it got really quite political at, at near the end of its term as opposed to being just funny. But you remember in an episode where Father Mulcahy, uh, gave sanctuary To a soldier yeah, Who didn't want to fight anymore And where was that sanctuary It was, in, it was in in the, mess the mess hall, hall yeah. The mess hall right? So that always comes to mind When I think of sanctuary And I was in Arizona uh, In the 80's When the Catholic couple of Catholic church Gave sanctuary uh, To undocumented immigrants And I remember that From the 80's So sanctuary means We will protect you We will not Let you be deported We will not uh, We will not uh, allow the government to be to be here. All right. If that's what you mean by sanctuary, then there is no sanctuary city. Okay. There, you don't go into New York City and say, "Oh, you now you're untouchable here in New York City." No. No. What? What? I think what they're referring to is the ICE hold. So, when an individual is arrested by the police anywhere in America today, they are fingerprinted, right? If you got arrested, you'd be fingerprinted. I got arrested, you'd be fingerprinted. And that fingerprint would be run through the FBI and would be run through ICE, Homeland Security. It's all part of, real, it's all part of the Patriot Act. It's all this inner, the interconnectivity of criminal immigration databases is basically complete. So that goes through the database. And then ICE, some, some body at ICE, then goes, oh, I got a hit on a guy in Atlanta. Uh, who just got arrested, and it looks like we deported him five years ago. We want that guy. Okay, So they then typically, pretty quickly, file an ICE hold. Now, there are four detention centers in Georgia where ICE is actually located or where ICE trainee sheriffs are located. That's part of 287G. That's in Gwinnett and Cobb, uh, um, uh, uh, Clayton, uh, not Clayton, but uh, Hall and Whitfield. So if somebody's in those Jess, ICE is literally there. ICE types up the guy's name and puts in what's called an ICE hold. Now, again, having knowledge of the law is kind of important. What is that hold? That hold is a request from a federal agency that says the following. Hey, Sheriff, we would like to talk to this person uh, after uh you get done with him. So either after he's convicted if you don't let him go but after he's goes to bond. Typically it's a bond situation. So the sheriff says, "Okay, you you are arrested for a theft. Going to bring you to the jail. A uh, $1000 bond is set on you." So and with that bond, a nice hold is set by the by the 287G county, for example. So once that bond is paid, then ICE requests that you hold that person, requests that you hold that person 48 hours, for 48 hours. That hold, David, is not a warrant for the person's arrest. In fact, it is a, uh, it is a voluntary hold by the state agency or by, by the sheriff's department. Now, here's what, where it gets really interesting, David. There are a, any number of federal courts at this point that have said explicitly that that hold is not mandatory. And that by holding the individual beyond the terms of their release under state law, that the city or the county may be liable for unlawful imprisonment. Because it's not, it's not a warrant. It was an issue. It was just literally said, hey, we want to talk to the guy. Now, could ICE go out and get a warrant? Oh, yeah, they could do that. But that would require effort. And they want, I mean, granted, they've got lots of volume, and uh, that would be really hard to do on every case. But if they got a warrant for that person, they would not be released. They would not be released. Plus, so yeah, it's a 48-hour voluntary hold by the state. So the city of Atlanta, uh, which has been sued in federal court over this issue, said, look, we're not going to, unless this person has a, a federal, has a conviction They're just arrested, okay, and immigration wants to talk to them. We're not going to hold them, okay, because the federal courts told us we can't. Now, there's a claim then that that makes Atlanta a sanctuary city. That doesn't make Atlanta a sanctuary city. It makes Atlanta a wise city who doesn't want to get sued for false imprisonment because ICE, on occasion, does in fact put holds on people who are U.S. citizens. Oh, yes, David, that in fact does happen. Um, and so Atlanta just says, Look, we're not going to do that. Says, in Fulton County, we don't do it either. Uh, but Cobb, Hall, Whitfield, and, uh, and um, uh, uh, Gwinnett all do that. And ICE is there, picks them up. Now, here, what about this situation? Did you never had this a few years ago. We talked about it on the show. A woman down in South Georgia uh, in Plains. And I forget the name of the county in Plains. She was arrested in Plains. Um, and uh, they held her. For, they, they, she got arrested. There's an ICE hold. And the 48 hours ran. What should they do? Let's come back on the Immigration Hour and talk about this on America's Web Radio. Soy Charles Cook, jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Estoy en su lado. Con más de 20 años de experiencia con la ley de inmigración. Conozco cómo ayudarle. Sé la ley. Y sé que alguna gente podemos ayudar. Llámanos 404 816 a las 404-8168611. A las 404-816-80611. O visitus en el internet. www.immigration.net
2: This is Skip Coriel, host of the Home Defense Show on America's Web Radio. Join me every week as we explore all aspects of home and family defense as we strive to defend the ones we love in an ever changing and volatile world.
0: This is Lawyer Liz. Join me each week as we discuss drones, the Internet of Things, and all the technology in between. It's Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz, Wednesdays at 2.
1: Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verifying your business, or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national... Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866 286 6200. That's 866 286 6200. Or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Hey, back on America's Web Radio. Uh, we were talking about these century cities. Uh, because uh, there has been a, a, a run recently and by the big cities, and, and Atlanta has been conspicuously apart from how this was presented. For example, in L.A., where about 50% of the city is Latino, uh, Mayor Eric Garcetti, which I think is a Italian name, if I'm not mistaken, has vowed to do everything he can to fight widespread deportation of illegal immigrants. In New York, uh, Bill de Blasio has pledged not to cooperate with immigration agents. They, they already don't. And Roma Emanuel has declared Chicago a sanctuary city. Okay. What does that mean? I think, I think really all that means is, hey, unless you get a warrant for somebody that's arrested, we're not going to hold them. If you want to come. So I was talking about this, the situation in Plains. So the 48 hours runs and the sheriff goes, well, it's Friday at 4. We'll just hold her over the weekend you don't you don't even have a hold anymore the hold's expired you can't do that and we had to threaten the, the you know the the sheriffs they look like you get a court man to file a habeas and you'll be in court all weekend long and ice is ISIS, mean, is going to travel these remote areas to pick up somebody with a with an old um, you know illegal entry that's now back in the country for 25 years and they didn't you know they didn't at the end of the day so you've got the situation where there are sanctuary cities but they're not safe havens. And, hey, if you live here as an immigrant, you're fine. No, ICE, ICE still operates in those cities. I used to arrest people every day in those cities. So I think this is a blown up out of proportion thing uh, done, of course, to, you know, get votes, to kowtow. And you know, each of these mayors is a Democrat uh, in these cities. Uh, but what have the Democrats done for immigration? What have the Democrats done for immigrants? Nothing. They've done nothing.
2: I, as a, as a citizen, m- not an attorney, folks. Please, don't. Not as an attorney. I would never want to be labeled. In. Anyway, no. I, my read on this, though, is that particularly Rob Emanuel and Blasio was that my cops, my police department, are not going to question whether you're documented or not documented. Right. And I... I I disagree with that.
1: Well, yeah, but uh, here's your problem with either that. Either you're legal or you're not legal. Well, that's the law in Georgia. I mean, police officers have a right to ask about your immigration status. But here's what Justice Kennedy said on the Supreme Court. You can do that, but you can't do it in a way that's discriminatory.
2: Uh, and I agree with so that. So
1: he said this, bring to us the first case where this happens. So here's your, here's your question. You either ask everybody, every single person, to prove their immigration status When they are stopped by the police Or you don't ask anybody You either ask everybody To prove it Or you don't ask anybody no. Now that's the, David if that's the law That's the law That's And that would be constitutional It would be stupid And a waste of resources for the local police Who really should worry about community policing Who should be worrying about stopping crime And of course we're living in an era of The least amount of crime in our lifetimes that, that's today. why so,
2: that's why I'm anti-giving everybody a driver's license, with no strings attached or whatever. In that, just what you said is a law in Georgia. Now, would you guess that, just looking at me, you'd, would you guess that I might be over twenty-one? You're probably over
1: twenty-one. Exactly right, David. Probably.
2: But if I go to the grocery store and buy a bottle of wine,
1: then you better show your ID.
2: They ask for my ID. Why is that? Because they do it for everybody.
1: Exactly. They don't discriminate against anybody. Okay? They don't say, oh, well, you're, you're picking on on young people. So if I get
2: stopped and I show them my driver's license, mm-hmm. or, if, if an, or if an undocumented person says, I don't have a driver's license, then isn't it okay for the cop to ask him?
1: No, because a U.S. citizen could say, I don't have a driver's license, too.
2: Okay, well, then at that point they proceed and ask, you know, are you an American citizen? Well, and here, here,
1: here's your question, David: Is the local, are the local police prepared to then hold that person in their jail at their expense until ICE decides to come get them?
2: I think that's a question that uh, you know, each and individual city. Well, demands.
1: and that's what they and they've made that decision. You know, I mean, they don't, and because of the fact that, one, ice can't be everything at one time, everywhere at one time, and two, it's expensive to hold people in jail. Oh, yeah. Three, it's contrary to community policing standards. When you want to cooperate, if you're in a city, let's give you Roswell's a great example, Roswell, Georgia. So Roswell 20 years ago had very few immigrants living in it. Okay, Today, Roswell has a large chunk of immigrants living in it. Um, and if there's crime in a neighborhood with a lot of immigrants in it, and you want to stop that crime, you're the police chief, do you do that by just arresting everybody that's undocumented and asking whether they're Or do you say, hey, we're at help. We don't care about your immigration status. Tell us who did this. What do you do? Well, the only conclusion is you don't ask about immigration status because then that shuts people down. Don't talk to the police. They're going to arrest you. Just suck it up. You got, you got robbed. Oh, well, that's part of life in America as an, as, as an immigrant. And police go, that's not the way it should be because that then breeds more crime. Now, we know that crime is much lower in immigrant neighborhoods than it is in regular neighborhoods, in non-immigrant neighborhoods, and that immigration, in fact, immigrants commit far less crime than born citizens. Um, at the same time, you have a situation where Democrats are using this as a tool against, against Trump, but they're doing it in a way that it's not helping immigrants. All right. We're not going to be a sanctuary... We're a sanctuary city. Okay, we're not going to call... We're not... It's not like ICE doesn't know. I mean, ICE knows you're there. And ICE could station somebody in most jails, if they had enough bodies. They don't, but there's enough bodies in every jail in America to pick people up. But they don't have the infrastructure. It doesn't exist for that. So you have to focus on the bad guys, the ones that are actually convicted of crime. Now, once you're convicted of a crime, yeah, ICE has a hold at that point and you're ser- serving time in a state or county facility, ICE will be there to pick you up. I think ICE does a really good job about picking people up that are actually convicted of crimes. But for just being arrested for, you know, let's, let's say, you know driving without a license, for example. That was a big issue here. It will become a big issue again uh, once Trump is president. Uh, do, does ICE have enough bodies to throw them in jail? I mean, There was a great article in the New York Times uh, last week uh, talking about the volume of people in deportation proceedings. That you have 530,000 people waiting for hearings in front of 280 judges. Uh, you have hearings that are stretching out. We got a hearing last, notice last week for 2020. I mean, how's that justice? I mean, how's that helping solve the problem? It's not. I mean, more and virtually everybody, David, virtu- even people convicted of crimes... Gets an immigration hearing Unless you, unless you have a, what they call an aggravated felony uh, You're going to get a hearing In front of an immigration judge Now maybe you're in a detention center That hearing pretty quick But if you're out That hearing is slow And you get a lot of people in deportation proceedings They've got a long time to wait for their hearing So where's, you know, where's the justice I, So all you do yeah, no, when
2: You said where's the justice Where's the answer
1: Well the answer is quite easy Why are we deporting people we should, that have lived here a very long time uh,
2: David, this is about mistakes. So if we cut if we cut that number out, so you've lived here, haven't committed a crime, you're whatever. What's the number? Ten years? Five years? It's a ten years. Look at the ten year number. Sixty
1: percent of undocumented immigrants, probably actually probably more at this point, probably seventy percent have been here longer than ten years. So if you say you've been here longer than ten years, here's what we're going to make you do. You got to show me you paid your taxes. You're going to have to go home. Pick up a visa. We're not unless so if you don't no criminal convictions, no problem at all. You're gonna pick up a visa. We're gonna waive other issues. You're gonna come back in and get back to your life. You have a work card. Okay. Now you've gone from eleven million to three million like that overnight. So now I want to focus on the bad people.
2: Well, wait a second. Are those people that come back? They're automatically citizens? No,
1: no, no. They get. I just told you they have a work card. They work hard. But they didn't have to earn. Said,
2: television to, tells me they're going to be.
1: I know television. Television is run by idiots. Um, have to earn immigration. We need to look at. I mean, that's why I've always talked, and we've had whole shows on this, David, about legal immigration. The answer to illegal immigration is legal immigration. It's 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 not closing the borders and letting nobody else in, and building a big fence around America, and and saying we're going to be insular. No, we, this country was built on immigrants and immigration and on trade, economic freedom and growth, manufacturing. We focus on those two things. Let's look at legal immigration going forward. And you look at these eight, and this is something I've always found fascinating. When Obama came up with DAPA, Deferred Action for Parents, the requirement was you had a child in the United States. He was a U.S. citizen. Well, any, any U.S. citizen can sponsor their parent once they turn 21. Of the 11 million, my guess, David, is at least 3 million have kids that are 21. But they can't get a green card because of one stupid law that says if you came in illegally, you have to go back home for 10 years before you can come back. So they could, these people literally, tomorrow, could apply for a green card at the consulate without that, with that, if that law is eliminated. Tomorrow. So, with literally changing one law you could eliminate 30% of the problem overnight why wouldn't you do that that's not rewarding illegal behavior that's just recognizing reality because the issue of illegal immigration is a past problem the issue of undocumented immigration today is a minor problem it's a minor problem which can be you know build build your build your wall Spend $40 billion and build your wall. That's not going to solve your problem. Better build a, an exit control system when we know who has overstayed their visas, making it more easy to find people. You know, David, the system is fixable. But when you throw terms around like uh, open borders or amnesty uh, or, or liberals uh, on immigration, no, immigration needs to be fixed in a way that helps America move forward. Um, and to ignore the fact that immigrants, both legal and undocumented, helped build America in the last 20 years is to close your eyes to reality. It's to close your eyes to reality. Um, and I, I love people that say, well, if we deport these 11 million people, that's 11 million Americans who can get their jobs. <coughs> really? Really? Uh, The problem with the 11 million Americans who want those jobs is not an immigration problem because we have like 6 million open jobs in America. It's a question of training, motivation, and welfare. I mean, that's what, you know, when you give welfare to people that are able-bodied that literally could get a job or they live in places where there aren't jobs but there are jobs 200 miles away but they won't move because they can't have the money to move, well, government can help fix that problem. So instead of giving somebody welfare because they live in some small town in in, in rural Iowa, but they have a skill set that could be used in in Metro Atlanta, so sorry, here's your here's your thousand dollars a month to live in Iowa. Why don't you say this? Okay, we're going to give you welfare for uh, three more months. We're going to give you whatever whatever you call it. Okay, but here's the requirement: uh, you must use the first thousand dollars. To move to, a, to this city These cities need people with your skill set The next thousand to pay uh, Your first month's rent And here is a list of employers to go interview with When you start having government Be proactive in people's lives Like that And then saying okay then you're done then, then you're not getting any more the rest of your life For the next five years or whatever it happens to be People will get much more motivated But for now welfare has gone out of control And it's not immigrants that have caused that problem It's the welfare state Let's take a break here on America's Web Radio on the Immigration Hour. Soy Charles Cook, abogado y jefe del grupo de abogados Cook Immigration Partners. Llámenos hoy si usted tiene problemas con inmigración, si ha sido arrestado, si se casó con un ciudadano, o tiene una oferta de trabajo. Nosotros le podemos ayudar. También podemos explicar cómo, qué puedes hacer para recibir los beneficios de inmigración. Llámenos 404-816-8611, 404-816-8611, 816 visit visitenos por el internet www.immigration.net.
0: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on AmericasWebRadio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on AmericasWebRadio.com anytime you like. With all the back and forth in today's
1: politics, it seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on AmericasWebRadio.com. Cook Immigration Partners is your passport through the immigration maze. Whether it's help with e-verifying your business or help in how to document a new employee under the new I-9 rules, or if you marry a foreign national, Cook Immigration Partners is your best choice for a legal advocate. Call us today at 866-286-6200. That's 866-286-6200 or visit us on the web at www.immigration.net.
0: You're listening to americaswebradio.com, the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.
1: Welcome back to the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio. Uh, David and I were just talking about other stuff. Um, so this whole sanctuary city movement, David, I think is um, is, is kind of a farce because it doesn't really address the problem. Oh, we're gonna we're gonna be a sanctuary city.
2: No, but it's that, think, that's not what it's about. Do you think Blasio knows what a sanctuary city? Oh is? yeah,
1: well yeah, I think he does know. And again, he's demagoguing this issue. It's you know it's it's so much easier to demagogue this issue. Okay, wait, you're gonna okay, so we're not gonna we're not gonna cooperate with the feds in our jail system. But what about the vendor on the street with the hot dog stand? Hawaii says, Okay, you're within a hundred miles of a border, show me your papers. You know you know that, right? Anything within a hundred miles of any border is a constitution free zone. You're you're aware of that. Not aware of that, David? No. You're really not aware of that? No. Hundred miles of any border, land, sea, border. Is a constitution-free zone as far as immigration is concerned. Hmm. So you can be asked for your papers anywhere in Florida, <laughs> anywhere in a Texas, 100 miles in. That's a con- Supreme Court says it's okay. That includes New York City. So if ICE wants to walk around talking to vendors, saying, "Hey, show let me, show your papers, please," they're they're entitled to do that. Okay. Now, do you want them to do that? You know, not necessarily the best way to. To create commerce in a city like New York, but it's it, the idea is clearly, uh, if you want to turn America to a police state, you can do that because almost all our most populated cities are within a hundred miles of, of the border. You know, basically, uh, basically Atlanta is about the only one that I can think of the top of my head. You know, Dallas, I guess, is big. Got Denver and Colorado, Salt Lake City, but in you know, the big, big, giant cities, they're all on the borders, They're they're on the oceans, they're all on the ports, uh, and they would all be subject to the, 10, the 10, 100 mile rule. So. You know, the other thing is, um, you know, what can Trump do as far as uh, implementing his policies um, and the idea of mass deportations? This is, um, this is something he can do. For example, um, we know the DACA. We've talked about DACA uh, a lot on this show, and, and I think it's been a really good program, and it's, it's changed, David, so many lives. The, people, the kids I've seen do remarkable things. With DACA. I've seen kids do nothing as well, which is sad, but I've seen kids really use this program effectively for its intended purpose. And, um, he ends DACA on January 21st. All right. He gets his DHS secretary or he just ends it by executive order. It's not an executive order creation, by the way. It's created by DHS secretaries of policy for, for enforcement. Um, and, uh, what happens at that point? Well, clearly no more DACAs get approved but you have 750,000 or so DACA recipients. What happens to them? Uh, well, they're, those, they all have work cards. Now, work cards were issued by regulation. There's actually a regulation on DACA. Uh, so in order to take those work cards away, you would have to go through what's called the Notice of Intent to Revoke process, which is lengthy, which would take you know two to four months to do for each person. Do you really want to waste a whole bunch of government time on that my guess is they will just allow the work permits to just expire when they expire so you'll have kids still have work permits for the next couple of years and then they will not be able to renew it the question is what is he going to do with the information on all those kids Uh, now some many of them are now in their 20s and and, and early 30s Um, what can he do with it he has their home addresses is he going to send ICE agents to go arrest them Dave, what do you th- what do you think the, re- the reaction of a majority of Americans would be if I started literally going up and rounding up docker recipients to put them in deportation proceedings? What do you think would happen? You think America would, would celebrate that? I mean, I think you have the gut feeling is no. They, I mean that would be there would be a very visceral reaction to that. So, when I tell kids that they're worried, "Hey, are they going to come pick me up?" You know, of course they can, but I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's going because by definition, the DACA kids have no criminal convictions. They're not, they're not criminals. So they wouldn't be part of the focus of an Obama uh, – of, of a Trump enforcement administration. But he certainly could do that. Um, Trump can, for example, uh, stop issuing visas to countries that do not accept deportees. He could do that. that that's effective right away. Uh, do you know who one of the bigger countries who doesn't affect, doesn't accept all their deportees is? China. They accept some, but not all. So what uh, what effect would that have? What effect would that have? Um, and uh, he'll do that for some countries, but but, and, but not for all. But I will tell you, if we cut off all visas for China, my guess is they would immediately accept everybody back. Cuba. Is a another uh, uh, another country that hasn't for decades has not accepted people, um, and many of them are. I mean, there's a lot of people that have that are criminal convictions from Cuba that have been here. they lot you know since since the boat lift or or since the '60s uh, that uh, Trump would cut off visa. So I do see him doing that. I mean, I, I think that's a logical uh, extension. Um, one of the things that. Um, Uh, Trump could do is step up investigations on employers uh, that are discriminating against uh, U.S. workers, if they are. I mean, he could do that through the Department of Justice or the Department of Labor. Um, And you could also um, um, uh, say, hey, we're going to deny visas to people without adequate screening. So, you know, he said it before, he wants to have a Muslim ban, and he said he didn't want a Muslim ban. He wanted a ban on, on immigrants from countries where we didn't have adequate screening in place. Now, I would argue, uh, I would argue that if you have been given an immigrant visa to the United States, uh, and you have gone through the necessary FBI, CIA, yes, we do do CIA background checks on people, um, and Interpol checks, that this is about as much screening as you're going to be able to do. Um, and we also require for anybody who's immigrating to America what's called a police clearance letter. That is a letter issued by the, that government's police department or security force to show that you have no criminal convictions or, or, or terrorist ties in your country. So we do require that uh, already. But he could say, oh, you know what, we're not going to give anybody from Syria a visa. Okay. Because we can't verify who you are. Well, of course, there's no, there's no active consulate in Syria, but there's lots of Syrians out there around the world. Uh, that are immigrating to America or visiting America for conferences or coming in as visitors uh, or coming to work in the United States. He could say no more Syrians are going to get a visa, no more Afghanis are going to get a visa, no more uh, Timbuktuins are going to get a visa. Um, he could do that. Now, I think he, I don't see a blanket ban. The other thing he could do uh, is bring back a program called NSEERS. Now, David, I, I don't know. We must have had a show early on in our tenure here about NSEERS, uh, which is created by Chris Kobach. Uh, which is a national security enforcement p- review program, which basically said if you if you came from one of seventeen countries, and all those countries are Muslim majority countries, and you were in the United States on September 11th, uh, and you were still uh, and you came into the country legally, you had to come into USCIS and report. And they, would inter- they interrogated you. They took some background information, took your credit card information. It took some data about you. And supposedly that program was designed to, to obtain uh, security information, to obtain information that might lead to the capture of terrorists in America. And, of course, what we learned through seven years of that program is that there was nothing, literally not a single lead to anything. But, David, you know what I said just a years ago? If you had legally come into the country, you had to participate. If you came in illegally, you did not. I, I still, to this day, do not understand that program. It was just so poorly conceived and so poorly run, and really did nothing but hurt uh, the investigatory agency's relationship with the Muslim community. You want to stop terrorism, work with the community. You want to stop crime, you work with the community. I mean, that's that's how it works, and we know that works. To put them at odds with the enforcement mechanism in place is simply a bad idea. Um, so Trump can do a lot without um, uh, without Congress acting on this. But I, I want to conclude this thought, David, and I mentioned this the other day when I was on CNN uh, in Espanol one morning. Uh, you can um, think in some ways that maybe maybe Trump is like Nixon in this way. It took Nixon to go to China. Nixon was an extraordinarily ardent anti-communist. And yet he opened diplomatic relations with China. Maybe Trump is Nixon. Maybe it takes Trump to pass immigration reform. Maybe it takes Trump to, to update our system. Now, what concerns me, of course, is he's surrounded himself by lots of anti-immigrants. And a lot of these changes, I think, would be, would be bad for America that they may contemplate. But I think there's a real chance here and a real opportunity to fix things that I don't think would have happened. And I've said this online, on air. I don't think would have happened under Hillary. I don't think she would have been good for immigration. I I think they would have not had immigration reform. But I think this is an opportunity both for Trump and for the GOP to lead out on this issue in a way that secures America's immigration future uh, going forward for the next, next 20 years, the next generation. So David, that's my comments this week. It's been a good show here on America's Web Radio. Uh if you have any comments or concerns, you can email David at David at America's or me at uh Chuck at We'd love to hear from you. Uh and uh, we'd love to have you on your show. If you like to, if you think you're good enough to stand up to David's excruciating uh and compelling cross examination, we invite you out. Till next week, this is Chuck Cook, host of the Immigration Hour on America's Web Radio.
0: You're listening to America'sWebRadio.com the pioneer and leader in chat radio. Thank you for listening.